Hello and welcome to a very festive edition of the Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams. Hello, I'm Joe Redfern and I'm here with the lovely Emily Organ as uh, usual. Merry Christmas, the end of 2023. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> no, the year's gone by in a flash. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I literally just put on our last year's uh, episode, Christmas episode, just to refresh my memory. And it feels like we recorded it a matter of weeks ago. ChatGPT was just a baby. It was barely a glint, <laughs> barely a glint in a content creator's eye. Yeah, it was all new and shiny and fresh faced and not jaded in the slightest. And yes, look how far we've come. It's already seen off a CEO and seen one back in again. Uh, yeah, crazy. And whilst I'm, whilst I was reminiscing, I was looking back at the episodes and the guests that we've had this year, and. Do you know what, guys? I think we're doing pretty well. We've had Andrew Rosen, we had Andy Nen, um, Lucky Generals, Simon Pullman, Ronan from Animation Island, Casey. I mean, this is like a who's who of the media <laughs> industry. This, yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun. Of course, of late, uh, Mikkel Lee and Michael Shields. So, yeah, we're uh, we're setting ourselves up to uh, get an even bigger range of guests for next year who are we going to go for ryan reynolds <laughs> adam sandler he just released a kids movie <laughs> adam sandler that's a great one um i'll call i'll call adam I'll gary call vaynerchuk is kind of on my list um <laughs> yeah. so gary if you're listening this is the platform you need to plug your v friends um kids uh, brand i'm i'm gonna send it out into the ether there <laughs> i think we could get to gary v i think i have an in great <laughs> ah, amazing so what's on the christmas list what shall we discuss i mean you you know last year we went into kind of our favorite christmas movies have have there been any that have uh, surprised you this year on netflix Tis the season to watch movies and there's lots of movies happening at the moment i think that are very interesting although I will say none of them are particularly seasonal as far as I understand. I mean, Wish obviously has a bit like speaking streaming and beyond Wish has, you know, obviously that kind of fantastic fantasy element to it. But I don't believe it's got uh, I haven't seen it, but I don't believe it's got that that holiday, that holiday edge. Um, no. On Netflix, uh, we have like speaking of Adam, Adam Sandler, um, Leo, the film recently, recently dropped. Which um, I really liked, but you were a bit mixed about. Emily or oh, I haven't seen it come on fill me in I saw the trailer and I was like it looks sweet but it looks kind of dull because it's basically about a class pet that gives counseling to all the class members and I'm not really sure anything that big happens happens in it and I did watch it and as I said to Andy I put it I, I was going to finish it with my four-year-old boy I said I'm gonna put on Leo and he said Mama, can we put on something funny oh Adam Sandler <laughs> would be Oh, that, that's a burn there. <laughs> sick burn, sick burn. I have to say, it did get a bit better towards the end. But, you know, listen, it's um, it's it's had a huge performance on Netflix. And actually, interestingly, and I don't know if this is, you know, kind of speaks to the, the timbre of it, but um, it had a huge first week on Netflix. Huge, uh, humongous, double, double, and pretty much double anything that anyone else had ever done. Uh, the next closest being Sea Beast, the Sea Beast, which came out in... Mm -hmm not this April, last April, and, and as due a yeah. sequel. Um, but what happened was that the second week was in no way as big as the CB. So it's it's neck and neck with the CBs across two weeks, but 
first week was huge for Leo. Second week was huge for the sea beast, which people would say would tend to be indicative of word of mouth, you know, kind of that word of mouth, um, that word of mouth wave. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, like I know you liked it, Andy. You, like it just it spoke to you. It spoke to you. It spoke I, to I your... liked his kind of. I thought it had um, heart and wasn't too cynical. It had that kind of Saturday Night Live kind of um, tone of humor, but without it being, it wasn't mean. Do you know what I mean? It was quite kind of optimistic no, and hopeful. Yeah, I agree. It was very sweet. No, very hopeful and optimistic, and you know, like obviously spoke to your inner curmudgeonly chameleon or <laughs> yes and uh, maybe i related to kind of the you know it's the premise of the the old chameleon that's at the end of their at the end of their life looking to kind of impart wisdom to the younger Make generation maybe that spoke to me <laughs> no but it was oh. very sweet and it really did connect and like it was you know definitely wasn't cynical i didn't think the music was that great you know i i think no, i agree if, like it was very musical theater 101 tick those boxes and it, and it, it you know mm. any of it wasn't offensive but like there was nothing banging about it i always i always cite it as like a kind of sleeper low-key musical animated musical that people don't tend to think of i always point to vivo which was another netflix original that came yep. from sony now it happened to have lynn manuel, manuel miranda doing the soundtrack but you know that's mm. a really like those, those songs are really repeatable i still listen yep. to that soundtrack and um, whereas I wasn't humming anything from Leo as I left, I don't know the musical element was a bit kind of yeah, and and and, and you you kind of mentioned that before. I it made me wonder whether if you'd have gone to see Leo at the cinema, would you have been would people have been more disappointed because yeah, the the songs aren't particularly memorable. I can I can I couldn't sing back any of them, which is probably a blessing if you've heard my singing voice, um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, as good as your dad. Sorry, as good as your dad dancing, which we, of course, we did reference in an earlier edition of. Yeah, I mean, I think it may be better than my dad, as in worse than my dad dancing. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, you know, um, I mean, just going back to Wish, because we were just speaking before we uh, started recording, Andy, that both of us have made posts about Wish on LinkedIn recently that have popped, and that that lack of memorability of the music seems to have come up a few times with yeah. with wish you know is is that like the same as leo it just didn't get the love that it should have done or is it maybe a function of we've been too spoiled by lin manuel miranda <laughs> now we are demanding this kind of level of music in our animated movies yeah maybe i mean i don't who who were the songwriters and composers for wish oof good question cuz cuz disney had that period where they had um fantastic music and fantastic mm. composers working on those and i'm not sure if that if they're still the same stable of kind of of great composers that are working mm. working for yeah Disney. i know another thing that was pointed out about wish was you know that kind of has has disney plus has the windowing of big disney films and disney plus on disney plus kind of diluted the value of that theatrical window um so, like, I, it's, I'm, yeah, I mean, you think it has? It's, it's a question we've spoken about so, so mm. many times, isn't it? And, and as yet, I don't know about you, but, do, you know, I, I don't know as we can say with any degree of certainty. There seems to be so many other factors that could skew it. Yeah, I think it's a funny one. Do you know what the, I find interesting about Wish is it, 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 it went for it went for that theatrical, that theatrical Thanksgiving window. 
Um, and I believe it's going to drop on Disney Plus by Christmas. So Right, um, quite quickly. I better, so better verify that because if it's wrong, somebody's going to kill me. But um, Emily frantically looking it up. Emily fan- well, you know, whilst Googling. We're, whilst we're, you, fact, whilst we're fact-checking yeah. in real time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Andy, you both you and I, the theme of those posts was the marketing. Yeah. Or one of the themes. I mean, your your, yours was more of the marketing on your post. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, I can't remember a campaign that was more forgettable or had less cut through from a personal point of view. Yeah. In terms of it just wasn't sticky at all. And why do you think that is? I don't know. You know, I kind of landed on just the title, you know, and an era where grabbing attention is so vitally important. Just the title to me just literally did not stick in my brain whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't think the poster helped. But again, yeah, I kind of, it was, it was something that it, it was kind of a hunch and a gut feeling for ages thinking, it's just a terrible title. What does it tell me? It doesn't tell me anything. And then combined with the, the key art that I saw, again, I was just left kind of going, why? Yeah. Why would I watch this? Why would I go and buy a, a ticket to go and watch this? I'd read, so, yeah. I'd read somebody saying that, because I haven't watched it yet, but somebody was saying that there's loads of sort of Easter eggs or references to previous Disney movies throughout the movie. Yes. And in a way that it's been designed to be the, you know, the expression of a hundred years of Disney. Is, and, yes. and and I wonder whether because of that, it's so kind of broadly reflective of what Disney's about that it kind of doesn't have any distinctiveness. Do you know what I mean? It ends up becoming mm-hmm. something that's trying to reflect so much of what's gone before that as a, as a movie in and of itself, it doesn't really sort of stand out. Well, in which, yeah, in which case that basically makes it like a corporate feature. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone had alluded to that, that they'd got together and said, we need, we need to release a feature that celebrates our 100 years. And essentially what they've released is a, a, yeah, a feature. I wouldn't put a pass them. I wouldn't put a pass them. I wouldn't put a pass. I wouldn't put a pass. I mean, (laughs) that that well-intentioned idea would somehow get this far. (laughs) Mm. Um, So Google tells me it's not yet being confirmed when Wish is hitting Disney Disney Plus. But I I just thought that, I thought that that Thanksgiving, so we've seen this before a few times with streaming where there's been like, a release event around Thanksgiving US and then a release event around cinema, around around Christmas. And it's kind yeah. of like a lovely, slightly yummy kind of approach because you know you get you get you get the big fanfare of of Thanksgiving and then once Christmas hits people are home and you're able to get that streaming moment. Um, now it hasn't happened for a few uh, for a few like you know a little while on Disney Plus. It happened with Encanto, it happened with Strange World more recent movies have gone longer. So Elemental was 90, Little Mermaid was 103. So you're kind of looking at around that kind of three-month period. Um, mm. But it does make me kind of wonder whether there was ambition to maybe fanfare, so, you know, do some sort of yeah, yeah fun drop. Well, but I mean, anyway, if it was a celebration of Disney's 100th year, then really they should get it out this year. <laughs> yeah. Just so that when they <laughs> get to 200 years, clock ticking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, talking about Disney more broadly, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be changes in terms of how they approach the marketing, or 
the production of the movies or well, I, I suppose there's probably two. I mean, you, you're the wish marketing for you, Joe, Joe and, and I believe there was criticism level at the at the marketing for Elemental, which actually went on. It feels to have that kind of sleeper hit success where it had a dodgy first weekend at box office. People had written it off as another example of um, Disney getting it wrong, and actually mm. the strength of the movie um, maintained the you know maintained excellent levels, and it's definitely it wishes. Uh, very observably below where elemental yeah. is in terms of like looking at looking at life cycle and all that kind of stuff but um, then that's not down to the marketing isn't it that is just down to the quality of the movie word then, of mouth when the marketing down. yeah word of mouth mm. purveying for sure and like you know this whole this whole question of, of box office versus streaming i mean I, I would i would say like in in the majority of movies that i've looked at from a data perspective you know there isn't an observable negative impact of box office. You know, in fact, mm. they do the majority of movies, and obviously there's always some outliers in the data set. There's always some movies that do, you know, that do better and do worse. But in general, what we see is that box office doesn't really impact the potential that, that can be achieved on, on streaming. We see that for mm. Disney movies and Disney Plus, and we see that for like DreamWorks and Illumination movies on, on in that kind of chunky pay window it's kind of like it's pay one window it's pay 1.5 window technically i don't want to get into it but you know it they hit they hit that netflix they hit netflix in the kind of the first you know year of their life cycle away from theatrical and they do they do pretty well not all of them do the same i mean minions was um rise of Gru was one that did phenomenally well at box office and actually didn't really have the legs on streaming but it still did yeah. a kind of a critical mass of viewership elementals looking like it has slightly longer legs not like Encanto, which was obscene and is the out-and-out -out unicorn, but more in line with the likes of Turning Red or Luca, you know, both of which had kind of very squiffy theatrical releases because of COVID. So Elemental showing that you can do that and have the piece of box office pie. It's, you know, I do, I do wonder if we, we, still, we still consider box office and theatrical as the pinnacle. And and but actually, is it the pinnacle anymore? Does it need to be the pinnacle? Why why is there such a focus on it? And I mean, certainly Evan Shapiro talks a lot about it in his posts, in the sense that you know, why would you go to the theatre? You know, a lot of times it's super expensive. It's not a particularly pleasant experience. But you can you know sit on your couch at home with your big screen TV. You can pause it and go and get your snacks. You know, so. Really, maybe it's time to less obsess about box office. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would have to say that you know, and I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to take you on a, a debate about this. Less so, Evan Shapiro. I don't, you know, but it, it's, it, it is that kind of thing. Like I think you see with, with particularly with animated kids movies, the halo effect of that theatrical launch on a franchise, on a franchise level, is kind of irreplaceable. If you think about things that have gone direct to streaming, I can't think of an animated feature, you know, like or, or or a movie franchise that's come from streaming, uh, on streaming alone. You know, I feel like you need that that the, the, the theatrical the theatrical window to drive critical mass of awareness, uptake, um, and and buy in from 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 consumer product stakeholders and the like. Um, and also, so, isn't there just money on the table as well that you're leaving there if you don't do theatrical? A little oh, bit, yeah. but not also not yeah. really because it costs a lot to put it in theatrical, and you got to market like 
you know, got like your marketing budget is basically the same as your production budget. So you're kind of mm. doubling your investment yeah. before you. And yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess what I, I think it's still an important spoke in the flywheel for sure, but maybe it's time to consider it as that, that one spoke in the flywheel rather than this paragon, you know, it has to start there and everything else flows from it. I just think that, that maybe that's, that's changed. Um, and we've got well, examples of that kind of moving the other way, haven't we? With something like Paw Patrol, which yeah, um, yeah that's a series, and then then it has its own feature. So, so there's definitely different paths to kind of creating a fran- massive franchise. You're right; it doesn't need to it doesn't yeah. need to begin with the cinema. Paw Patrol movie yeah. was banging. There, I said it. Yeah, and and I Agreed. think and and did I? I think I skimmed past an article this morning that was talking about some theatrical releases that are coming next year the other way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Luca, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. (laughs) I I wondered whether that might be about, oh, we have diluted the value of our movies by putting them straight onto streaming. Um, We're going to kind of correct that impression by Mm -hmm. giving them a belated cinema release. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't maybe. put it past maybe them. I wouldn't uh, put it past that idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, or maybe maybe it's the hole that's left from the strike. You know where they they're needing to fill yeah. releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I totally think like uh, you know, and listen, cinema cinema business operators will completely disagree with this, but like being more creative in what a theatrical release is, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. It doesn't necessarily always have to be, you know. The idea of promotional activations, kids, you know, kids club activations, you know, bringing in like I know Paw Patrol did a full movie, but at times, you know, Pep has gone to the cinema with, you know, like I think totally. that experience for kids is 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 an opportunity, and and it feels like the Luca, I think it's Luca Turning Red and uh, Soul are all going, um, you know, it feels like that that's that's a promotional opportunity to 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 relive in the old content and probably actually drive some of the performance on streaming because it'll be back in people's consciousness again. Yeah, and and it also you get the feeling that cinemas don't need to be so exclusively dependent on studios. Clearly, they're always going to have that dependency. But the uh, Taylor Swift direct to <laughs> cinema chains was kind of a an interesting example of somebody cutting out the studios and going straight mm-hmm. to the cinemas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, whilst uh, whilst we're we're kind of talking about theatrical and and cinemas and uh, where where releases come come from? I got to talk about gaming. You know, I have to bring it yeah, back to gaming it. at some point. But Five Nights at Freddy's. Let's talk about that. Yeah, huge huge gaming property. Wouldn't necessarily um, be something that ordinarily we go. Okay, that's going to extend into a box office hit, and there it did. Uh, and it was so great to see. Um, in terms of you know. It's been a lot of discussion really lately about where that next big franchise is going to come from and the eye has moved towards gaming. Yep. What are you thinking about that? I mean, of course, we've got Sonic. Sonic's doing great. Sonic is one of the biggest branded games on Roblox. It's already got the successful movies. But I'm, I'm intrigued as to, you know, what do you think about where the next big franchise is going to come from and could it come from a place like Roblox? I think it's 100% going to come from a place like yeah. Roblox, Joe. So Five Nights at Freddy, how long has that been out, that game? Oh, it's it's been out quite a while. Yeah, I mean, again, I 
it came into my purview as my kids got into it, but it's been at least a couple of years. And I wonder what, how long it takes really for a games to build enough of a franchise that you can then build a, a movie spin off off the back of that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you look at the huge behemoth IP on Roblox, like Adopt Me, and they've been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Jailbreak. The, you know, they've they've been on, on the platform for a, a long, long time. And I hear that Adopt Me is just in discussions about content spin-offs. Right. But again, the um, you know, I don't think they, they're going to die so quickly, but things move quickly on Roblox. Mm. You know, you can be up there and then you can be down. It's, it's a platform with 40 million experiences. It's like YouTube. Right. Uh, you know. It's discoverability is hard. You have to shore up your position once you reach the top, and that takes a lot of investment and updates. Stop doing that, and you can fall from grace pretty quickly. And what would Um, be what? What are the games that have caught your eye as potential um, having kind of franchise potential outside of Roblox? Oh well, I I mean, I do. We spoke to GameFam, of course. Twilight Daycare, that having been one that has spun out into content, and there's there is a lot more. There's there's you know there's a long tail on on Roblox. You look at the top thousand games, and and I would say that those top thousand games have got into the multiple millions of players. Some of them are quite light touch; Mm -hmm. would be quite difficult to spin out, but some. Are interesting, you know. Winds on Sky, who I now work for, um, have uh, announced a partnership with the developers of a game called Creatures of Scenario, which is fantasy, mm. very much kind of almost how to train your dragon esque is how I see it with um, with creatures. So, you know, really interesting IP on there. That if you if you go digging, there's the odd, you know, the, the odd nugget. And I think, that's, but you know, that's one thing that's so excited about it is that there's. There's stuff for every format and audience. You know what I mean? So like yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's Five Nights at Freddy's is obviously great for a movie. You know what I mean? Maybe Jailbreak mm-hmm. could be great for a, mu- a movie. Adopt Me is gonna be it's gotta be preschool series. Could it be a YouTube ser- series? Could it be a proper a full a full, you know, traditional format series? You know, mm-hmm. it could be either, honestly. Um yeah. you know, I think thinking about like it, it's just that's what's so exciting about it. It's like you can mine it for whatever in terms of video video content um there's yeah. loads of opportunity there for different formats uh, and then there's um, there's kind of the other way that's going as well because like pinata smashing is a recent one where they've gone yeah. franchise from the start i think that's mm-hmm. a very interesting format like a very inter- interesting strategy punchy but like you know like i said someone's like if if roblox is the wild west right now is gold rush season <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, oh yeah everybody sure. wants a piece yeah. Who's selling the? Uh, and again, who's selling? Who's selling the axes? That's who. That's always good business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. And, it. and yeah. it, it, goes, and, it goes back to kind of what you were saying about cinema in some respects. Is that I think we, I mean, at least I think a lot of us still view that cinema or uh, TV as the kind of the stamp of uh, endorsement on something. But maybe mm. those formats don't. Maybe it's that they don't need it. Maybe it's not that maybe they're successful enough without needing the spin-off or the franchise. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting you said about that stamp of endorsement. The stamp of endorsement for who? For people like us yeah. who were kids media professionals. What's the stamp of endorsement for kids? For me, I would say, has it got a Roblox experience? Yeah. You know, because that's what they're looking for. In in the same way as um, increasing, well, a few years ago, they would go, yeah, but has it got a YouTube channel? 
And now it's almost assumed that you would need a YouTube channel if you've got a, a, a kid's IP. Um, now is, okay, but has is it on Roblox? Yeah. Has it got a Roblox experience? I'm totally with you, Joe. The only thing I would say is the stamp of approval for, for other stakeholders to invest, right? So like retailers, mm. you know, uh, toy licensees, that kind of thing. You know, they still as far as I've experienced, very much deal in that kind of, those kind of traditional formats. You can kind of pull the horse to water sometimes if you've got something really, really, really compelling in new meat in new new media, quote unquote. But mm. you know, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying I feel like that's the way it is. Mm. Yeah, I think that you know, waking up to it though, I think you could look at Roblox, given it's almost like digital toy play, you could look at that as a proxy for demand for, for product. You could yeah. a toy company can you know, almost product test within a digital environment, you you know, that's got to be compelling. And I know right. Spin Master and Jazzwares, it, they're, they're all over it. Um, and again, now with Roblox as a platform, rolling out the ab ability to stream video within it in small little chunks, that's going to be really interesting through 2024. That for me, if we're going to jump forward to predictions, that would be... Uh, you know, for me, that's going to be really interesting. The ability to show up to 30 seconds of video within Roblox experiences. Be interesting to see how that kind of nets out, particularly for entertainment franchises that may be between seasons or maybe between movie releases. There you go. You know, you can you can drip feed content in your digital experience on Roblox. I think that's definitely going to be part of it. You know, and if you think mm -hmm. of something like, I, Elemental launching and I, I, for some reason I just can't see Disney putting put together the joining the dots to do like a Roblox Elemental experience but if it's something something the CB so something's gonna get a season like a like a like a on a theatrical side a number two like a Roblox experience is a very yeah and, compelling and I, efficient way to mm. ensure you're driving you're driving um you're driving totally and actually style. Elemental is a great example because that would that's kind of made for uh, a platform like Roblox, it would be very. Mm. Yeah, there are some obvious ways that you could adapt it in that direction, mm. and it's maybe an mm. example of you said you don't think they'd go in that direction, Disney. But that's a classic example of how to market something for today, really, rather than follow a kind of a classic cookie cutter um, movie marketing approach that doesn't really have as much impact anymore. Mm -hmm. Yep. Maybe that could have fixed Wish. Yeah. <laughs> a, Roblox, a Roblox experience. Um, yeah, and so, you know, that's that for me, I think that that whole video, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? You, you look at the whole landscape and you you had YouTube move into YouTube shorts. Now you've got TikTok extending the yeah. amount of time <laughs> that you can stay on TikTok. You've got new entrants like Real Short that are, uh, David Kleeman uses the word clipification of content. I love it. Um, I'm not touching real you know, shorts. The, I'll get addicted. I already have too many oh my gosh, platform addictions. Yeah. Um, yeah, the double life of my billionaire husband is, uh, yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> daily on my <laughs> right of my street for what I go to to relax. <laughs> yeah. It's like 50 shades uh, yeah. of clipification. <laughs> <laughs> what was that lady's name? Yeah. So uh, yeah, all this it's such a fascinating time seeing all of these platforms extending, contracting, putting video into gaming platforms. You know, TikTok experimenting with live gaming on their platform too. It's all it's, it's crazy, isn't it? And I and I saw that 
I don't know whether this is just my impression, but my impression is that Netflix has started to make some pro- more progress in terms of the gaming on their platform. Mm. Uh, yeah, it seems to have been slow, and I'm sure they're in for a huge kind of, you know, it's big sunk cost for them. But I think it's, you know, it's beginning to show green shoots, and I th- they, they're in it now, so they're going to have yeah. to stick. I think the, one of the um, interesting, like, slow never put me off about Netflix because when they build things slow, they tend to build things quite well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think what I've definitely seen this year is the kind of that transmedia marketing approach. You know that they're that that's that's in that's in play. It was in play for, I think, one of the Sonic Prime games. It was in play for Unicorn Academy for sure. Not, or is it, you know yeah. So they're they're kind of was it Unicorn Academy? Might not be Unicorn Academy, but they're they're seeing that kind of it all works in synergy and it launches together or launches in concurrency. And, and, and that makes for, for a, a tangible uh, offering for kids. Yeah. Mm. Talking of gaming and YouTube, here's a question for you. I know we're, I know we're not doing a Christmas quiz, but I'll throw in a question, which I'm sure you're going to get. <laughs> um, what's the game which has released a trailer for its sixth installment and beaten Mr. Beast's YouTube record? I know how crazy was that GTA Six. Yes, a whole a whole twelve months before it's even going to come out, twenty twenty five. Yep, but it blew up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a very cinematic trailer. Did you see it? I did. I did. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I have to go watch it now. Yeah, huge. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. that's an example of a kind of a monster brand that you know exists outside of cinema and tv mm. and, and, probably, and, doesn't, get, and doesn't need it and it's mm. been around for years gta do you know yeah. what I mean? like gta yeah. sonic mario like it's all from like the early 90s yeah yeah completely um so are we gonna are we gonna dare make predictions i'm gonna Should be we? i'm gonna be boring uh, i'm gonna predict the same thing again because i still think it needs to happen <laughs> which is i think netflix should go theatrical with their movies it's not a prediction so much as it's a, a recommendation, recommendation. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just so that we can record this next year and you can go, yes, it was right. Yeah. My advice, you're welcome, Ted. You can send my Christmas hamper to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I, I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. My prediction would be if they don't do that, then Apple TV is going to take up that space and release more and more of their stuff straight to straight to cinema as a kind of, as a way to bring eyeballs to the... Um, to their platform. I think they will. They're mm. kind of doing that already, but Apple TV let the whole sun, Skydance deal go to Netflix. So on the animation front, yeah. they're not really going to have anything in that in that arena. So yeah. mm. whatever, don't care about all your live action, you know, grown-up stuff. And and the, and the other thing would be, I think, I think as there's bigger studios are going to get more into producing short, snackable, Quibi-style content. Yeah, I think that's the big growth area for me again having being hooked on real short currently that's uh, yeah. how how that may translate into kids i mean very much real short at this moment in time is that uh, kitchen sink drama telenovela type fair how how that might work for kids who knows but i do think that it will continue when we saw mean girls chopped up into two minute chunks on mean girls day uh and yeah that must have um it's paramount, isn't it? You yeah. must have given them a huge amount of data with which to play for next year. So I do Absolutely. think that we'll see that continue. Yeah, and I do. I, I think we'll just see a glut of video game content 
as as studios and producers try and figure out where they're going to get the next big IP from. Yep. So, yep. Now, Emily, you have to go. Yes, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. One more question before you go. Uh, Why can the skeleton go to the Christmas party? Oh, (laughs) he had nobody to go with. Yes. Very well done. (laughs) Pretty sure my eight-year-old nephew told me that one recently. (laughs) Love it. Dad jokes, dad dancing, dad dad singing. Oh, yeah, I've got the full set. You've got the whole thing. Can I make one one recommendation after having put it on uh, on Netflix uh, a a few days ago? Yep. Uh, Dolly Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Oh, cute. Great. She's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. And with that. More, more in 2024. We hope that you'll stick with us at the Kids Media Club podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to our festive Kids Media Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it. So as Christmas approaches, we wish all our listeners a very happy holiday and look forward to many more Kids Media Club podcasts in 2024.